today. We're glad you guys are here. You know, this is an incredible week. Amen. Easter is coming and uh, we know the events of, of, of what this means. Today is significant in history. It's, it's, it's known as Palm Sunday, right? And uh, uh, many are, are celebrating in a special way. And, and uh, there are many that are looking forward to the end of this week where they can resume eating some things that they've not been able to enjoy for some time. This is a, it's all culminating to next weekend, right? And listen, if we're not careful, we can, we can miss the significance of this day. You know, it's, 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 it's uh, easy for us to say, how could people lift high the name of Jesus, be shouting his praise and declaring he is the Messiah and he is awesome and all that. But yet in just a few days after that, they would turn and be calling for his life. Be careful of that. Because we do the same, don't we? There's a good chance that some of us might forget that Jesus, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. We might forget that Monday in the carpool line, right? Or when we're trying to navigate through Bernie traffic. Oof. Man, we need to close the gate. That's what some of us think. It's easy for us to forget Jesus whenever some sort of life curveball, a health diagnosis or something's thrown at you, right? Man, let's be very careful. We not be pointing fingers at those because it's easy for us too to lose sight and significance of the one whose name we just said says it all. I mean, I pray Tuesday, your hands are still lifted high and you still believe that. Come on, Wednesday's coming, somebody. And I pray that in those deep, dark times, you still would remember the everlasting father, the prince of peace, a wonderful counselor. Wow. The government's resting on his shoulders. Amen? Amen? Wow. This is a great week. We think about the cross and we think about what it means in our lives. I thank you, Lord, for the love and the forgiveness, the grace that God has demonstrated to us through his son, Jesus. Man, next Sunday is the easiest sermon out of all the calendar year to preach a resurrected Savior. And we love to embrace the resurrection, right? We love the resurrection. We hunt eggs. We get all dolled up. We smell good. We look fresh. Spring is in. We love the resurrection. But make no mistake about it. There can be no resurrection Sunday without well, a good Friday. Friday is the road. It's the path that leads to Sunday. And uh, man, we're excited about the opportunities we have this week. And I don't know if you, if you caught the, the announcements b beforehand, but, but uh, we are gathering in this room on, 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 on Thursday night for a special time of remembering uh, that, that, that upper room, that last supper that Jesus shared with his, his disciples. And we want to encourage you to join us for communion this Thursday night. It's a very special time as we focus on the table. We focus on the significance of everything that it represents. And so we want to invite you and your family to join us at 7 o'clock in this room on, on a Thursday night. Uh, on Friday night, on Good Friday, we, we have a special message that we're going to share with you guys at 7 o'clock that night. So as you're finishing your meal time and dinner, and this is a great time for you as a family to to, to watch a seven o'clock presentation that we have are going to present to you guys. And, 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 and we, we want to invite you to actually join us in person at eight o'clock that night, should you choose to, as we continue to pray 
as we continue to focus on, on, on the cross and what that means for us and as we continue to prepare ourselves for all that God wants to do in us and, and through us. And then next Sunday, man, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. So there's a lot of things going on. And, and let, in fact, let me just share with you this as well. We, our, our, our prayer team has written some daily devotionals for this week. And, and, and on our landing page on our, on our website, we, um, we've, we've posted those, uh, those uh, devotionals. And you can, can watch one each day and spend some time there. They're incredible. There's scripture. There's things for you to pray through, questions to ask yourself. And so we want to encourage you, if you're looking for something to do to keep us focused on, 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 on what this week is all about, find our website and uh, a daily devo there. We're going to be launching those also through our other social media platforms, but just trying to get us focused on, on what this week is all about. We shared some things last week in, in this as we're preparing the way. You know, we need to be prepared for what God wants to do. Now, not just on Easter Sunday, but, but, but every moment, every day of our lives. But, but we're talking about what does it mean to prepare the way we looked last week at, at John the Baptist. John was a forerunner. John was one that, that came before and, and spoke of, of this Messiah that would come, the one that would set his people free, just as the prophets in the Old Testament. John was now here, and he's speaking of, he's, he's, he's dressed in a crazy manner. He eats weird things. And he is preaching a message that is radical. And people were leaving the cities and flocking out into, what they say, the wilderness to find this camel hair wearing, locust honey eating preacher that he was just, I, John was probably pretty loud. Do you think he was loud or was he kind of just kind of just this subdued? No, no. He was probably getting your face type guy, right? John wasn't the Messiah. John wasn't the promised one, but he spoke of him. He prepared the way for Jesus to come in and do what only Jesus can do. Listen, I believe that there's an opportunity for you and I to prepare the way for a move of Jesus like never before. And can we just be honest? We need a move of Jesus in our land, do we not? We need it in this house. You need it in your house. We need it in our city, in our nation. We, we need a... Listen, there's some things that I believe that heaven says, I want to use you, I want you to prepare a way so that I can come. Man, Brent, Brent going old school on one of those praise courses while well, he got Holy Ghost Revival about to break out in this house, you know, singing something about that name. Come on, how many of you knew that one? Come on, took you back. I, I saw somebody waving a hanky in the back. Okay, just, you know, that was amazing. But there's some ways that I believe we can prepare the way for a move of Jesus, we, we shared some practical, tangible things that you can do. We, we talked last week about how you could sign up to serve next weekend and create an opportunity for people to come and experience Jesus. We're going to talk more about that here in a little bit. We, we talked about inviting someone. Hey, did you take one of the invite cards last week? It, isn't this a beautiful, this is just like over the top. This is like awesome, awesome. It's the question. I've been dropping these all over restaurants and putting it on on windshields of cars. We've got a little QR code. If you scan that, it takes you to our Easter landing page, by the way. And all things Easter, there the daily devotional thoughts are there, but, but just some other things to remind you of what's happening this week. But just inviting someone. I was at Hop Dottie. Come on, how many of you love a good old cheeseburger? Let's go, somebody. Truffle fries, sweet potato fries, let's, let's go. And, and I just met a couple of incredible young men. They're, both of their names were Gustavo. 
both of them. No joke. How many times have you ever been in a hamburger joint? The two guys that are serving you are both named Gustavo. Incredible young men. I'm telling you, one of them was, was fired up for Jesus. In fact, we, we had church right there at table number 37 at Hop Dottie. It was absolutely incredible. But we're passing these out and inviting people. Have you invited someone yet to come? We'll talk more about that in a few moments too. And then we talk about how you can simply pray. Guys, we need to be praying it up. Hey, saints of God, children of God, we need to be praying for a move of the Holy Spirit next weekend. Come on. Easter is the most attended Sunday on the calendar. Every church across the world, every home gathering. Listen, everybody shows up for Easter, okay? And so we need to be praying right now. A part of our preparing the way for the Lord is that we're on our knees before Sunday praying for a move of the Spirit. Are you okay with that? Amen. We're going to pray for that. All these things just lead me up, and I'm lead, and just thinking about Easter, and, 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 and there's a question that I want to pose at us today. The question is, what are you willing to do to point someone to Jesus? What, what, what are you willing to do to point someone to Jesus? Hey, do you know somebody that could use a little bit of Jesus some of you wives are elbowing your dudes right now in the rib cage that he's talking to you right now. We, we, do you know somebody? The New York Times did a, did a study years ago, says we know an average of 600 people. Some of you get all excited. You're, you're looking on Instagram and all your social media platforms to see how many people like you. How many people are your friends? Can I just, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Most of those people, they're not really your friends. Okay, you know who your real friends are? Move and see who shows up. You really have three. You really have three friends, right? You have three, John, that will show up. And, and one of those is, is a cousin that just owes you a favor, you know? And he's got a truck and some straps. That's why he's there, you know? But uh, yeah, but, but, but uh, we, we know 600 people. So, so here's the deal. When, when I think about that question, you know, what am I willing to do to point people to Jesus? And, and, and when I think about who would some of those people be, listen, guys, you don't have to go very far. You know folks right now. You know 600. They're childhood friends or you work with them. Your kids play sports with them and, 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 and you, 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 you rub shoulders with people. Whatever. We know people right now. There's a list of names that are prime candidates for you to prepare the way in their lives for a move of the Holy Spirit of God. You believe that? You know somebody right now. Statistics say we know five people on a first-name basis that are lost. That doesn't mean that they're wandering around on I-10 or Sisterdale somewhere. Lost is a reference we use oftentimes in, 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 in church world. That means they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They're lost. But listen, God's plan has never been for them to be lost. He wants to find them. He wants to find them. And he wants to use you as a tool, as a means, as a way for him to find these people that you know need Jesus. The question is, what are you willing to do? And I, 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 listen, we, we, we have conversations. We rub shoulders with people every day that need Jesus. But most of the time, our conversations never point people to him, do they? We're talking about the weather. We're talking about what's happening in, in the political world. We're talking about how many points our kids scored 
in a sporting event or, hey, they were just voted this or, hey, can I show you their prom pictures? Hey, when's the last time you talked about or pointed people towards Jesus? You know people that need him. You, 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 you know people that I believe God is saying, listen, I've put you there so you can just, hey, would you just kind of set the table for me to come in? I want to do something. Prepare the way. All of our conversations, our interactions, let me remind you what it says in Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Every conversation I have, my interactions with, now listen, I don't think it's a good opener. I know that we need to break the ice. Hey, breaking the ice is not walking in with your King James Version saying, listen, are you going to heaven or hell? That's probably not the best opener in an individual's life. But, 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 but I, how can we shift and change our conversations? Or how can our demeanor, I, I was with a group of of, of, of pastors the other day, and, and, and we challenged our, our, our um, server. We said, hey, listen, we're going to sit here, and we're going to eat, we're going to be here a long time because we like to talk and drink lots of coffee. But before we leave for today, we're, we're going to leave you a really big tip. We're going to tip you well, but we're going to give you a bigger tip if you can figure out what we do for a living. And we all kind of have something we do, it, it's, it's all, we all do the same thing. And so over the course of the next hour and a half, this, this young girl would come back and she would say, I think you guys are, I think you're, you, you guys are like starters. And you guys are, I think what you, you guys do something that helps people. Are, are you guys in like um, the medical profession? Like, she began to spout these things and Sure enough, before it was over with, she said, oh, I, you guys are like some like self-help type people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was, it was awesome. But we turned that conversation just, you know, eating a, you know, Denver omelet. We turned it into an opportunity to point this young lady towards the father. What are you doing? What are you willing to do to point people to Jesus? I, can I share something from the Bible? Are you guys afraid of the word of God? If you are, you're in the wrong house. And, uh, but we love the Bible here at 1910. But I love this story that we find in Mark chapter 2 about some dudes that were willing to do whatever it took to get a friend of theirs into the presence of Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something in this story today. These young men just got their friend in the presence of Jesus and then Jesus did what only Jesus can do. Can I read a passage to you? Five verses. Hang in there with me. It's, it's really good. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. <laughs> Capernaum is a fishing village right on the Sea of Galilee. We know that Jesus spent about 80% of his ministry time in about a two to three mile region around the Sea of Galilee. This is far removed from Jerusalem. Jesus didn't spend a lot of time in Jerusalem. He would go to Jerusalem. But when Jesus oftentimes went to Jerusalem, he made religious people mad. And that's okay. Religious people need to be corrected too sometimes, right? They need to understand the way, the truth, and the life. But Capernaum, if there was any area that might have been considered, we know that Jesus was, was from where? From Nazareth. 
right? His mom and dad were from Nazareth. Remember the passage, can anything good come from Nazareth? Duh, yes, the savior of the world, right? And so, but, but Capernaum would have been Jesus's, what we would probably call his home base when it came to his ministry years. Capernaum. In fact, if you want to see it, I'll take you there next year as I take you to Israel. We'll go there. I'll show you the synagogue. So you Peter mother, Peter's mother-in-law's home. We'll go there. We'll see it, touch it, breathe it in. It's off the chain. Jesus is in Capernaum. News has spread, it says here in God's word, quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room even outside the door. Man, I pray for the day when the presence of Jesus fills houses of worship. Where it was so packed. News spread. Hey, what would happen to a church where people knew, ooh, Jesus shows up there on Sunday. Can you imagine? Listen, the news has spread that Jesus is in the house. And it was packed. Says you couldn't even get inside the door. Hallelujah. While he was preaching, what was Jesus doing? He was preaching. He wasn't asking for money. He wasn't taking an offering. That's all y'all think we do at church, right? He was preaching. He was preaching God's word to them. Not popular opinion, not what the Jerusalem Herald had printed. No, he's preaching the word of God. You know why? Because Jesus knows it's the word of God that brings transformation. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. How many men? Four plus one, paralyzed man. They couldn't bring him to Jesus. Why? Because of the crowd. And so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, underline those three words, highlight them on your tablet, whatever you have. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Okay, do you see this? This is the, the picture here. Jesus is preaching, house is packed. Four guys, paralyzed friend, can't get in, but they need to get their friend in front of Jesus. So it says they go up on the rooftop. Something about these homes, the homes were flat roofed back then. The, the, the roof was compiled of, 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 of cross timbers that would be laid down. They would lay down branches and thatch on top of that. They would lay large clay tiles on top of that, and then they would seal it, pack it down with mud, and press it to make it really hard. They used their rooftops like what we would use as a deck these days. They would oftentimes go up there to sunbathe, tan, whatever. That's probably how David got in trouble when he looked out and saw Bathsheba that day. She was on the taking a, they just went out there and, and, but the, but the, the rooftop was kind of stargazing, whatever, but the friends have a situation. They've brought a friend of theirs who's paralyzed in need of healing. They bring a friend that is in need of Jesus, but they can't get him in the door. And so they gave up. No. They begin to think, we've got to do, what are we willing to do to get our friend into the presence of Jesus? So they come up with a plan. They scurry up 
the stairwell. There will be a side of a, a stairwell up the side of the home to this flat roof. And so they go up to this rooftop and they begin to pull away at that roof. Trying to make a hole and they make a hole. Can you just imagine? I wonder how Jesus felt in this moment. He's preaching. And I can hear babies' voices or cell phones in this room. And for a lot of guys, by the way, that does not bother me. In fact, I, I really want to hold that baby if he would, but that's okay. Maybe see me afterwards. I want to, oof, I love him. Look at that. What's his name? Alex? Alexander. They're great. Hallelujah. A lot of people are distracted. I wonder, did Jesus get distracted today as roof, ceiling begin to fall. And some of y'all are distracted right now because I just had a ADHDDDDD moment right there. And you just got distracted in this moment, right? Did Jesus keep his divine demeanor and just continue to preach and what have you? Listen, I guarantee you, Peter, who was there, he's, he's ticked. He's mad. That's right. I started to say another word, but I'm in church and I can't say it. He, he was upset. Who's going to pay for these, these damages? Are you kidding me? This is the son of God. And, and, and what are you guys do? Those guys would do whatever it took to get their friend into the presence of Jesus. Guys, listen, it was difficult. You ever tried to carry dead weight? It's hard. These guys carried him up the stairwell to get him up on the roof there. And, and I love what it says in verse five. Jesus, it says, seeing their faith. Listen, we don't read in scripture that Jesus touched the guy. He didn't breathe on him. He didn't anoint him with oil. No, scripture says, seeing the faith of these friends, Jesus told the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Do you have faith like that? That you just getting your friends in the presence of Jesus would bring healing to their life? See, faith is faith starts on the inside of us. It, it, it changes us on the inside. It changes the heart. But guys, make no mistake about it. Faith has got to come out of us also. Listen, it was not enough for these four friends to say, hey, we believe that Jesus can heal and save somebody. They did something about that. It's not enough to believe they took Action. James chapter 2, 18 says, now someone may argue that some have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Those four brothers didn't just believe that Jesus could heal. They took action. They did something with their faith. I have a hard time with people say, oh, I'm a person of faith. And I see no action in their lives. So many of us are content to sit and soak and wait on heaven. Man, there is more for you that God has for your life. We're not saved by the good deeds we do, but because we are saved, we do good deeds. Right? These four guys didn't just believe Jesus could heal him. They took action and make no mistake, it was difficult. Hey, and the action they took, it was unusual. Unusual. I'm just telling you right now, I would freak out if somebody starts rappelling through this rooftop. And you would too. Don't you laugh at me. You would too. I know what my ERT team would do right now. It was unusual. These guys thought outside the box. 
We can't get through the door. There are so many people here because Jesus is popular. People believe in Jesus, right? We've got to come up with another plan. And I'm telling you, it was costly too. I told you Peter's torqued off because of the damages to the roof that day. But what are we willing to do to get our friends, those 600 that you know, into the presence of Jesus? Guys, it doesn't say that, 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 that Jesus touched this guy or did anything. I'm just telling you, sometimes an invitation and just getting your, your friends into an environment where Jesus is, that's enough. Listen, there's nothing magical about anything I'm going to say next Sunday. And I would appreciate your prayer because I'm preaching a story that people have heard hundreds of times, not hundreds, but however many years old you are, right? It's how do you re-preach a familiar story in a new and different way? There will be nothing magical about the songs we sing or the words we sing, but you know what will make a difference in people's lives is the presence of the one whose presence we are in. And I can't help but think, come on, somebody, if you will do whatever you can to get one of your 600 in the house, I can't help but think that the very presence, I see it here at Mark, the presence heals people. Doesn't say that the words of Peter, doesn't say that they had a healing service, doesn't say that they didn't, no, just Seeing the faith of their friends. Do we have that type of faith? That if I can just get my friend in the presence of Jesus, it'll change them. These guys believe that. I wonder if we do. Well, we're going to wrap this up. It's time, and we've got a leader's lunch. By the way, if you want to serve with us next Sunday, we're going to feed you lunch. We've got Vienna sausages for everybody today, and so we'd love to have you. Billy Graham's favorite meal. They asked Ruth, I'm sorry, this is ADHD moment. And people online are going, we should have watched Osteen on TV today instead of this guy in Bernie. But they asked Ruth Graham, what's Billy Graham's favorite meal when he comes home from a crusade? Canned tomatoes and Vienna sausages. <clears throat> Come on, somebody. The food of prophets. Let's go. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's another group of people in the book of Acts. I love this. Just ordinary, normal people until they'd been in the presence of Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes upon them and they begin to do some difficult, unusual, and costly things also, did they not? Their lives hung in the balance, but they could not stop teaching and preaching about a resurrected Jesus. I mean, seriously, a resurrected Jesus is, is 40 days, 50 days, 50 to 60, 70 days old by the time we get to Acts chapter 17. The story's told of Paul and Silas preaching. They come to the house of a man by the name of Jason. It's in the Bible. It's interesting. It's his name. And, and, and this mob comes and pulls them all out. Who's preaching of Jesus? Well, there was a group of them. Paul and Silas weren't there, but there were some believers there. You see, they had 
tasted and seen that the Lord is good and the power of the Holy Spirit had overtaken them and, and they were radical. They were healing people. They were doing signs and wonders. Prisoners were being set free. Guards were being saved in the cells. The thousands upon thousands were being saved and baptized in the name of Jesus. They were consumed with Jesus. And I love this verse in Acts 17, verse 6. Here's what the religious leaders of the day said. You guys have turned the world upside down. Talk about a reputation to have. Come on, if there's anything that I would want to be known as, would it not be known to be known as someone who has turned the world upside down. I love how it reads in, in my translation, the New Living Translation says, and now they are here disturbing our city. <laughs> hey, it's time to make a disturbance in our city. It's time to turn the world upside down. I think heaven is saying, I'm tired of play it say, I'm tired of you just gathering once a week, singing four songs, hearing a uh so-so sermon, and then leaving and nothing different happening. Come on, what are you willing to do to get people into my presence? That's what heaven is asking us today. What are you willing to do? Well, I'm afraid that they may laugh at me. Are you kidding me? In Acts 17, their lives were in jeopardy. You think they, hey, for somebody just to laugh at them, whoo, that's easy day. I'm afraid of what my reputation is going to be. Come on. They already think so much crap about you anyway. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's do that. Let's disturb some cities. Let's turn our world upside down. Can we not prepare the way of the Lord, regardless of what they're going to say about us, regardless of what they would say. I'm going to ask you to do something crazy with me today. First of all, I'm going to ask our ministry team to go ahead and come and join the preacher down front. Andrew, will you come stand with me? Because today I want us to pray, have an opportunity to pray over you. And here's our prayer today. Today, here's the prayer. The prayer is not for you to come and share a need that you have in your life right now. That's not the prayer. The prayer for you right now is, hey, listen, I know someone that I need to take a radical step to get them in the presence of Jesus. In fact, just bow your heads and close your eyes right now. And I want you to know this altar is open. I'm going to stand here. Angie's here. Pastor Angie's here. We want to pray with you, encourage you. Our ministry team is here as well. Listen, we want to pray for boldness and courage. What, 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 what are we going to do in response to Mark chapter 2 when four guys did whatever it took to get their friend in the presence of Jesus? What kind of preparation needs to take place in your life? Hey, maybe in your life, hey, let's forget about our friends. Maybe for you to truly experience a move of God. Hey, what do you need to do? Is there a roadblock that's keeping a full move of God in your life? Is there maybe someone you need to forgive because from the hurt and pain maybe they've caused into your life. It's a roadblock. So there's some unconfessed sin maybe today that is hindering a full move of God in you and through you. What are you going to do about that? Maybe it's a recommitment to, to spending more time in his word and, and in, in prayer. Hey, listen, what needs to happen in your life? What preparation needs to happen 
for Jesus to do what he wants to do in you. But then also through you. Hey, Brent, I'm going to ask you just to play. Can you sing and play a little bit louder and just play and sing over us? And I just want to let's just have a moment with the Lord today. And maybe we can pray over you. Maybe we can encourage you. Maybe you want to come and kneel and pray. Maybe there's something you need to confess to the Father. Maybe today there's a name that you want to share with somebody that we can partner with you and begin to pray. But right now, can we just let's just stand right now across this room. Let's just stand with me. And let's just obey the Spirit promptly as Brent sings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. What are we willing to do? How can we prepare the way for the Lord to show up and do what He wants to do? Relationship that needs to be made right? Unconfessed sin. Pastor Angie and I to do something for you guys. I want us to pray over you right now. So I'm just going to ask you if you would just to put your hands out and let us bless you guys today. We, we, we want to give you an opportunity to truly experience all of the Father. And, and we want to pray prayers for boldness and courage for them. To step out, obeying the Spirit, allowing Him to use them to prepare the way. So will you pray first over and just empower, and then I want to close this. Father, we just come to you and we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to step into your presence. That you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit when we say yes to Jesus. We have access to you, the one true God at any moment. And Lord, because we have access to you, God, we can sense where you are moving. God, we can see people like you see them. We can hear and see them through your eyes, God, and know that they need you. God, we all need you. And so, Lord, today I pray for everyone in this room, Lord, everyone who is listening online, God, that you would empower us to step into the hurting world around us. God, that you would empower us to invite someone to church. You would empower us to tell someone about the the story that you have done in our life, God, the freedom that we have found in, in, in you and in you alone. God, this world, we face many troubles and many heartaches, God. But Lord, with you, we can go through it all. It doesn't make sense, but your economy doesn't make sense, God. How you can step into a situation and use something that looks like ashes 
and turn it into beauty. We can use our story for your glory. And so God, would you help us to be bold to tell your story of redemption to those around us this week? And Father, I'm going to pray these words that you prayed over a young Joshua. You told him time and time again. You said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so, Father, as we leave this house today, may we not forget that you're with us even outside of this house. And you're with us as we drive home and you're with us in our home. You're with us at work and at school. You're with us, God, as we go throughout our activities. You are with us. And Lord, those prayers for Joshua are the words for your people today that we would be strong, that we would be courageous, that we would not be afraid. God, I'm praying that we would do whatever it takes to get someone that we know, someone that we say we love. Do we love people? Do we believe that Jesus is important for people? God, may we do whatever it takes to get them into your presence. It's your presence that changes people. It's your presence that brings transformation. It's your presence that brings hope and joy and peace. You are love. It's you, Jesus. So God, I pray this week that we would prepare the way for the Lord. That we would do whatever is necessary to experience a fullness of the Holy Spirit. Personally, but also for those around us. Today as we leave here, I do want you to know that our team is ready to pray over you and to encourage you over any need you may be carrying. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. And they can help you with that as well. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, candy, and be gracious to you. Bucky, may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen.